Right. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, a gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. Yep. And today we're going to talk about the good and the bad of social media. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? Well, finally, after all the recounts, lawsuits, uh, protests, insurrections, whatever you want to call them, we have officially a new president, Joe Biden, number 46, no question anymore. It's happening. It's reality. I've, put, I've been told you can't put a time limit on prophecy. So <laughs> it could be that Trump still somehow could be president. He's still going to pull it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you trust the plan, this is all part yeah. of it. It's, just, it's, coming. <laughs> it's, man, it's, it's been weird to see people like still holding out. Like, well, no, it's not over yet. Like, no, it's over. Like, this is it. They had a parade. Really? That's yeah, it. That's official. <laughs> That's a fish. What do you have a parade? I think he's changed his Facebook status, right? To the president. <laughs> not the not the fake office of president elect. <laughs> that doesn't exist. But well, I um, mean Harris, Harris gave up her seat in the in Congress, so that's it. It's all mm. it's all set. It's not going back. Go. That's it. Um yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I, I was kind of in and out on it. I was kind of busy today, a little preoccupied with some stuff today. But um yeah, it was kind of weird to watch it was i mean it was boring there's no like they had all the flags out there and then no one was really there and everybody's in masks and i don't know it just seemed like really weird i mean was it was it, so be honest was it kind of like a nascar race where it's like <laughs> you don't want to see anything happen but you know yeah that you kind of want to see some flames right, i mean because otherwise it's like oh this is just a normal boring inauguration a more boring inauguration because nothing's happening yeah, like there's no crowd, there's no cheers. It's just a guy, an old man talking. So I, mean, I guess it was cool. I so, missed even that part. Like I, I totally like even just missed the actual swearing in. But did you see the Bible that he swore in on? Yes, dude. That giant thick. <laughs> it was like locked. <laughs> it had like the lock yet. To, it takes two keys and it's a like stone a, to get it open. <laughs> brackets on it, like locked. Like that's never been opened. That Bible's <laughs> never been read. There was a, there was a meme I saw where it said uh, Joe Biden got his King James version from King James. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one. That's a signed copy. Uh, like, <laughs> first edition. Like first edition King oh, James. Man. That's it. He he has it. He's got the whole thing. Yeah. It. Uh, you know what? It probably wasn't anything even in there. It was probably like a hollowed out, and it had like a gun inside. Yeah. <laughs> It, if he got it got crazy. Right. Yeah. He's got his hand right there. And, he, you know, it's hollowed out. And then just boom, boom. He flips those flaps <laughs> on the side, just reaches in for a block, <laughs> dives under behind, oh, Kamala, be cool. dives behind be cool. Kamala Harris. And she was strapped. Kamala's a cop. You know, she was strapped. <laughs> she had something under that gigantic purple tent. She, she had it taped, taped to her back, diehard style. <laughs> <laughs> just in case it got crazy. <laughs> yeah. Kamala the cop. Super cop. Kamala. That's yeah. what's crazy about all this too, because I so I follow uh, the ACLU and Black Lives Matter on Instagram, yeah, and just watching their stuff go down and how they were talking about how this was a huge victory that we got Trump out of office. I was like, yeah, but you elected another old rich white man and a cop. Like, isn't that what you were what you've been against this whole time? <laughs> yeah, they're defunding the cops, not putting them in the White House. <laughs> um, yeah, 
I know. Well, this isn't. This was not a a, a vote for Biden. Like nobody wants Biden or Kamala Harris. That's been proven in the previous election. This was an anti-Trump vote. This is an anti-Trump election, and it's successful in that sense. But it's like, oh, we have Biden and Harris. Oh no! <laughs> like, <laughs> so how, how long do you give? How long do you give Biden Ooh. before he? Accidentally pushed or tripped uh, down the stairs. <laughs> Come on, Harris. Oof, man. Six months? Uh, no, I think he'll, he'll get at least a year. Maybe two. Maybe he'll get halfway. I mean, how long will the will, until he gains it immunity to all the steroids are pumping him full? Yes, of I know. It depends on how, how good is the supply they're shooting him up with. Yeah, man. He's, he's like, they're just going to like get two little people into his legs and just like just walk <laughs> for him. He can't even. Rogan was a. Uh, Rogan was talking about speculating what him and Trump have to be on because they're both, you know, in their seventies and just yeah. going full bore. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I know. Uh, yeah, he's got to be on something. And hey, look, you know, we got the supply, you know, lifetime supply. So just keep it going. No, I don't know. Maybe I mean, you know, he's not going to be second term. He's going to be one term. He's going to be eighty-two. He looks worse. He looks. Oh, he looks. He aged. Just since like the last time I saw him. Yeah, I remember watching him debate um, Paul Ryan in the the Mitt Romney election, and he was like on it, like he was ready, he was sharp, he was like he looks like a person who was in control. And now it's just like, oh man, there's a sad old man lost somewhere. Yeah, he is, man. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. It, it's kind of funny because he's got a Democratic Senate and Congress now, so it's like. Right. He has no excuse for not getting anything. And he's already said something about like, there's, I, I think they asked him about immigration or something. He's like, well, we'll see what we can get with Congress. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can get whatever you want. You can get whatever you want. You, it's all on you. Like you have no excuse of who you have to fight and like come to right. terms with whatever. I mean, I guess a little bit still, but I mean, you should be able to get anything just rammed through. So if you don't, it's on you. So you've got to make those tough calls and, uh, who knows? Like, I, well, I, I mean, that was the that was the the benefit of having Trump in office is that they could say for four years, well, if we were in control, if we okay. were in control, okay, well, now you're in control, so yeah. let's it's see what happens. Pan- it's your pandemic now, bro. I mean, are we still jobless? Are we still masking? Right. Are we still, <laughs> you know? I thought I thought as soon as Biden gets elected, the virus magically goes away, and we, we just go back to work, and everything's beautiful, wonderful now, and got a vaccine, and here we go. Yes, it was Trump all along. That was the problem, and now he's gone, so now things are better. And well, not, maybe not. The, the day, like the day that he was pretty much in Chicago and and uh, New York, started talking about. All right, we need to reopen everything. The economy is falling apart. This is too much. There's not going to be anything left to save. Like the hardest places on everybody were all of a sudden turned it around. Like, okay, we got to get back open now. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, what else can you do? Right. Right. I mean, the, the good thing is that nothing happened today, right? Like everybody was expecting a powder keg to go off and nothing happened. Yes. So, that's a good know. thing. It's a very good thing. But I mean, I, I don't. I didn't really expect anything to happen. I mean, after the attack on the Capitol, security's gonna be heightened. Everything's gonna get right. double and triple checked. There's nothing. I mean, how could there be anything that happens? You know what I mean? Right. So, well, we'll play it out. I mean, it's gonna be. We'll see what happens going forward.
Yeah. The interesting, one of the interesting things to see going forward is our subject tonight is social media because social media has been more high strung than anything over the election cycle, like out of control. Yeah. Or completely in control is how they've been, especially with the, uh, the project Veritas videos that have been coming out from Twitter. Oh, really? Where, yeah, apparently it, one of them was, uh, they have Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter on video saying, this isn't going to end at the end of the election. It's going to go on further. And it's not just going to stick to this conspiracy theories, but we have to attack the branching ideologies and stuff like that. I, I think I did hear something about that where he was talking about Trump is just the beginning or something. Right. And it's like, well, what does that mean? You're just going to kick off yeah. anyone who you don't yeah. like, or like it's <laughs> basically, I mean, it's, it's, it's really weird, dude. Um, well, yeah. So you want to get into, yeah, we'll right jump now. right in. So, uh, Today, we decided to have a guest to kind of discuss this with us, someone else who's a little more maybe social media savvy than both of us, because Solomon is barely on social media, <laughs> and I mostly just look at Vaporwave, so I thought it would help to have somebody on. So uh, our guest today uh, from the Created Curious podcast is Bailey Mullins. How's it going, man? How's it going, y'all? You guys are hilarious, by the way. <laughs> this is very entertaining already. <laughs> We have to vent our psychosis on here because this yeah. kind of just in our heads otherwise. I like, oh, yeah. I'm like watching. I'm like, oh, this is, I want to talk about all this. This is funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. So, what, do you, what do you think about Inauguration Day and what's going on? Do you watch it or do you pay attention to everything and all that? Honestly, Biden president? Yeah, honestly, like since there was a point where I was just like, I'm I'm done. I'm done paying attention. <laughs> it was actually not too long after election day, and I'm like, "Oh, this thing's rigged." <laughs> and then I was like, ah, "Who cares?" I'm just like, "I'm Team Jesus," you know. It's like because you you associate yourself with any type of ideology that's apart from the scriptures, and it just mm. gets weird. It really does. It gets real right. weird. Watch but, out, man. We 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 don't get pulled from YouTube. Can't say <laughs> it's rigged. Okay. Say Jesus too much. I'm I'm actually curious of when they're going to start censoring like Christians that aren't even yeah. like, political. You know. So the the weirdness really started to happen the, when I noticed it. Anyway, it was right before the election. And what what tipped me off to it was when I would go on Instagram. Uh, I used to follow way too many pages. I would see a cool image and I would just follow the page and I'm like this is too much. So I started following the hashtags because then you still get the stuff mm-hmm. rolling down your feet. And then they disabled the ability to follow hashtags. Hmm. And the the excuse was uh, that it was to keep the integrity of the election. They didn't want disinformation happening. But it was across the board. Like I was looking up calligraphy and I couldn't follow calligraphy at that point. Yeah. I think this this idea that the corruption of man does not seep into these big companies is kind of, I think, just – it's kind of foo-foo, you know, it's like, if you, if I, okay, if I was not Christian, if I did not, if Jesus was not my Lord and I am like a CEO of a company, I want everybody's like uh, location information. I want to, I want to study everybody and see how much power I can gain because like, that sounds fascinating to me, like a, a large scale real life, like maze of like rats like a science experiment let's see how much we can like enact our will on life you know on the people's lives around and like that's what i would do 
And I don't feel like I'm that cynical of a person either. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more, you know? And so I, I just, I, I think to think that like you can't, you know, gain power through technology and this idea that like, I don't even think we're going to be talking about it in the, in terms of this way, but this idea that you can't um, uh, like the idea that it, oh, it's just a business. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they can do whatever they want. They're just a business. And it's like, they can do whatever yeah. they want on their business. I'm like, wait, when you have half the earth on your business, <laughs> it's no longer a business, you know? Yeah, well, see, and that's what's weird is that, like, I think this is something that we're, that, that's just kind of getting away from us. And it's like, so when you don't have the uh, objective moral standard of scripture, we don't have that standard of of of, of God and his, his word, it, you go by what's the law of the land today, right? And so it's like, okay, whatever we can make up as a law. Well, we don't we don't have laws for these sort of things with social media because it's never happened before. We don't have any sort of it's not it's not covered in the Constitution, right? So it's like we're right. we're dealing with a whole different kind of thing, like you know how to dispose of radiation also isn't in the Constitution. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't there. Like we didn't understand that. Like we're dealing with some, this new element that we don't even know how to regulate or put laws on. And if you're a company, you're saying, well, I'll just follow the law. I'm not going to break the law. And so mm-hmm. that allows me to gather millions of information of, on data of, of people and commoditize eyeballs and people on the social media. And on Google, people search things. And now we're selling that data to advertisers and things. So it's like, that's not illegal to do. So why wouldn't I do it? Because right. that's you know, and there's this a movie thing called The Creepy Line. It's all about Google and how they get up to that that quote unquote creepy line. Mm. Where it's creepy how much they're following us and they're building these online profiles of us, but it's not illegal. So it's like, but we didn't even know that should have been a law. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, they're, right. they're getting way ahead of ourselves with this, and the law is trying to catch up. And Congress and our legislation and, and lawmakers don't even understand what yeah. this thing is have you seen those congressional hearings with mark zuckerberg and stuff is just completely insane they don't even know like well how do you make money you don't charge customers <laughs> <laughs> they don't you have these 70 80 year old men don't know anything about how computer works or uh, yeah. the internet and now <laughs> we're living on the internet it's insane <laughs> it's crazy times to say the least but I, I think one thing like to focus more on like the morality of it it's like if we know anything about human nature it's that we based on history take things to the very extreme so Mm. if we have a little we always want more and we always want more and we always want more so like if i know a lot about someone and i'm like oh i wonder if i can just know more oh now i want to put microphones in their house and they can talk to it and when they talk to it it starts listening And then, uh, well, at least I have the hardware in their house now. So when I do have the capability to, you know, introduce the AI and algorithms that can mine all this information, now I have the means in which the access point to start to develop, you know, whatever it is, like uh, conversational artificial intelligence. But now I have all these people and all these conversations happening in everybody's houses, especially now that we're all in our houses and right. that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's just the, and then like, I recently saw, uh, like everybody got this email from Google. They're like, Oh, free Google home. All you have to do is sign up to this thing, free Google oh, wow. home. And they started sending them out for free. I'm like, 
nothing's free, you know, <laughs> nothing's just free. Yeah. <laughs> comes with the cost and it's like they want more more of those in more people's homes because it well that's what's crazy about the thing too is that it wasn't even like they didn't have to trick us right it was like oh all of these things do actually make my life easier like it is more convenient for you to know my location because then you can tell me hours of things that i'm around or it's great yeah (laughs) it's convenient for you to know my shopping habits because then you can recommend stuff that i enjoy like that's all super convenient so why wouldn't i want that yeah and it is weird how like they got us used to the products the the devices before the devices they got us used to the devices and then the devices changed like those old nokia phones like cell phones that's awesome i'd say it makes the world safer i can get in a case of emergency or whatever and so great it didn't have a camera it didn't have a microphone didn't have anything it was just a phone didn't have social media anything but then that little thing in our pocket changed it it morphed it evolved into this recording device and it's like well it's just a cell phone well, yeah, it was 20 years ago, but now right. it's like this totally different thing. But you already got us used to cell phones, having a cell phone on us in our pocket and everything. Mm-hmm. So now we got used to the devices and then the devices changed and mm-hmm. we're still used to it. And we think it's normal. If they came out right away, like in 1999 or something saying like, we've got this device that's going to listen to you and gather all this information. on We'd be like, what are you crazy? No way. I'm not going to put that in my pocket, but that's not how it is. It's, and it's never that way. It's especially with like a lot of the totalitarian ideology we're seeing now of like for your safety, for COVID, for all these things. Right. That that's always how it's gonna look. It's never gonna be we we're we're doing this because we want to control you. Uh, if it was that, it was like okay, well then screw you. We're not gonna do that. But it's like well no, it's for your safety, and you don't want to kill grandma, do you? It's like mm-hmm. oh okay, well yeah, right. it's for our safety. <laughs> it's, it's but it's always gonna be presented that way. It's never Let gonna be presented as a religious thing. You know, let me ask you this: Does does sin work the same way? Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's this with sin, with with sin, it's this lie that we believe of. Well, I can handle it. I, mm. I know what the Bible says. I know what Scripture says about this. I know, but criminals argue semantics, right? Well, what is lust? Well, what is love mm. what is the you know whatever what is stealing well i'm gonna can't pay him back but he didn't know i took it it's like <laughs> you're just getting into the weeds of <laughs> it's a sin like you're just sinning. Right. and so yeah it does creep up that and we do say we can handle it and it's we never can that's 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 what everyone thinks <laughs> before it you gets know away what's from really it. interesting about this topic is i i was recently learning i don't know I don't know if this is exactly true or not because I haven't looked into it, but I heard this recently. So it might be an interesting thing to talk about. There's this uh, pastor, uh, his name's Winky Prattney. He's wrote uh, several really good books. He was huge in the Jesus movement, like along the lines of, uh, you know, uh, I forget his name, uh, Billy Graham. And Mm -hmm. and, he was, I'm pretty sure he was friends with him and, um, but I was listening to some of his old tapes and he was talking about how like you can trace all of our modern day technology back to the line of ham from Noah. Like it all like the technological innovation was traced back to, to the the descendants of ham, this cursed generate, you know, these cursed people. Cause you know, we, we know the story of ham and, Noah defiled his dad, the, you know, God's priest at the time, uh, the, the one that was blessed. He was like, why is, why is he blessed? And he became jealous and, and all these things. And 
that that really intrigued me because he was talking about this thing called and he was talking about this in the early 70s i'm like what the heck are you how are you talking about this then because everything's playing out like he was saying but he was talking about psychic technology he was like Mm. where where basically the hidden forces of you know that we're talking about the uh the we're not at war against flesh and blood enemies but right, the right. Rulers and the principalities and unseen realms like <clears throat> how that is uh, converging with technology and um and how like and the question is with these things is it intentional that uh that these companies are doing this or is it just is it just that's how it works you know that's just that's just the natural progression and i think uh-huh. I think it's probably both because uh, we know if we're not protected by the Holy Spirit that we're susceptible to all different types of influences, and especially if I if I can, we can trace it back to the line of Ham, we're like, oh, what is technology leading us to, and is it is it actually as amoral as we think it is? You know. I just, well, I wanted to play well, devil's advocate a little bit. I, I don't know if you're familiar with a guy by the name of Darren Doan who. Uh, he does a lot of film stuff. That's his big thing is film. And his big shift now has been social media and or what he calls it is content creation, right? So yeah. w- one of the things I heard him say that I was like, that's an interesting way to look at this is that the, the people who say you don't need social media, get off social media. It's a fad. It's ruining your lives. Um, what, what we need to stop doing is looking at it like the separate thing and start understanding that social media is just the internet. Yeah. So when we when we say things like, okay, don't use social media, you don't need social media, it's whatever, we sound like somebody in like 2004 saying, you don't need the internet, get off the internet, it's passing away. So what he his perspective is that this is just another tool that you can use for good or ill. But the point is that it's a tool that you can use, not some uh, nefarious other or passing fad that you just need to be weary of the whole time. See, I would agree to a certain extent, but the fact is that social media is seductive. Mm. It was made to be addictive. It's like, right, right, you know, right. it's like we that there's a reason we're weary of alcohol in the Christian community. You know, it's like it's not that it's a sin necessarily, but when you see it being a frequent, frequent thing all of the time and in, in, in large scale, there's sometimes something going on. There's sometimes right. like when, when you see a bunch of Christians going to the bars all the time and like, especially for, for my generation in college, it's just, uh, you probably, you know, unless you're doing like, you're, you're trying to reach people there, right. and, which usually you're staying sober. If you're doing that, it's just, mm, I'm like, I'm weary, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would agree, but I think that's a cop out too. Like, I think both like saying like, get off social media mm-hmm. and saying, Oh, this is, this is a tool. I think both of those are false. You know, mm. I think it's somewhere in the middle. It's like, yeah, I really do believe. And I believe God spoke this to me recently. It's like, Hey, we need more Christians speaking in the media because we need, we need alternatives, right? We need to like, if we're not here, then we're not here. Right. right. There's no, <laughs> there's no, like, there's no substitute. There's no like right. truth. In media, like whether we like it or not, media shapes culture. Right. So we can't just throw it out, but we can't say, oh, well, it's just like, you know, if you just use it right, we have to be really careful and say, well, like, I know this wasn't made for evangelism. 
Like this yeah. was like no one designed Instagram because they're like, we want to spread the gospel. Right. And so apparently there's some different spirit of doing it behind it. And so that's what we need to be aware of more, less of like thinking in the, in the physical of like, okay, well, obviously I can use it for good, but more of like, Hey, we need spiritual discernment of how often we like use these things. And we have to have spiritual discernment, just the effect it has on our heart. Mm. Because I know every time I get on, I like, I use it and I, I really try to create this balance, but like I get convicted so much because it creates comparison. It creates mm. this, especially for someone in college. It's like, man, you, you're seeing all these different things and it's, it's so easy to just get either down or too proud of yourself. And, mm. uh, but this idea of balance too, we talk about balance. That's not even a biblical idea. Like that's a, that's a very Eastern thought. Like it's a very, uh, it's not a, it's not a biblical thought. Like there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus is like, just be balanced, bro. (laughs) And so it's like, we, I just, I don't, I'm not going to make a claim of like, it's good or bad Mm -hmm. or like, how do we handle it? It's just a very, it's a very sensitive thing. I think we need to be in media, but we really need to have discernment of like, how it's affecting our heart and our relationship with God. And if, if we're not first, you know, going vertical, then we shouldn't be on it at all. I think Mm. we're not going to be doing any good. If we're just like, Oh yeah, here's a Bible verse. And we read it out. It's like, nobody's getting tricked by that. They know, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a tool, but it's a tool we don't understand yet. And we're Mm. not handling properly. Like nuclear energy is a tool. But mm. you have to be careful when you handle that. And there are regulations and safeguards and parameters mm. and things that have to be in place and a way to handle and proper mixtures yeah. and proper. I don't think we're doing that at all with social media. I think it is this thing we've stumbled upon and we're using, but where no one is using it, no one's aware of the dangers of it. It's like a tool, but it's like super heavy and really sharp. And it's like, we're not handling it with a care. Like, like a gun is a tool, but you can't, but we're, we're put in the hands of monkeys and it's not, it's ridiculous. And so it's like, okay, we need to have a rule that says don't hand a gun to a monkey. Like that's, you know, but we don't. And that's what social media is. And you have everyone on there using it. Yeah. It could, could it be used in a, in a constructive, productive way? Sure. But we're not, I don't think we're doing that. And I think we're messing with something that we really don't understand how it is affecting us. And I think in the future, we will look back at, at the way we, did at where they put radiation in watches and in milkshakes and stuff. And we're just like dealing with this thing. And it's like, what were we thinking? Are they crazy? They let kids on social media. Don't they know the direct link to suicide that has, you know what I mean? Like they let kids smoke and, and pregnant women smoke. Don't they know that that caused lung cancer? No, they didn't know. They were messing with this thing that they didn't Mm. understand. And now we look back and laugh and say, that's ridiculous. What were they thinking? I think we're going to do the same thing with all, all social media. They're saying, don't they know the psychological damage they were doing to their kids and each other and all these things? And no, I don't think we do. And I think we're just, it's crazy, man. Like it's a tool and it can be used, but I don't think anybody's handling it properly. There's no, there's no safeguards around it. And it's just, Hey, yeah, go pick up a sharp object and run with it. And we're like, is that okay? Why are we allowed to do this? You know? So uh, it's, I don't know until they get those safeguards and parameters and learn how to nuclear energy radiation handle this. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't think we should be touching this. I don't think we should mess with it. 
Could it be productive and constructive in the future? Maybe, but I don't think we we know what we're dealing with yet. It's like when they created heroin and stuff, and it's just like, wow, this is amazing. Let's do it all the time. And it's like, <laughs> our bodies are not designed for this. We're not, our, our bodies are not designed. Like we're literally, we, we feel isolation and we're, we're the most uh, social we've ever been, but we feel right. the most isolated because God did not create us to see the little button like this to be communication and, <laughs> and, and community. Like that's not community. Like that little right. icon, we see that we're like, cool. Awesome. We got those likes, we got the hearts. And it's like, but that's not how God designed our brains and our eyes and our emotions and our, in our interpersonal relationship skills to understand that's community. We're in friendship. We're in a conversation. We don't, we're, we're not, our bodies were not designed that way. We're supposed to talk to people. We're supposed to, hear them and, and and pick up social cues and do all these things and but we're trying to treat social media that way and our brains are not triggering that someone likes me they're affirming me or i have friends and i'm in community and i'm being encouraged and i'm, I'm having a conversation with somebody but we're like mm. oh, i have ten thousand friends why don't i you know why do i feel so alone mm. <laughs> it's you a know? dopamine drip it's right, just right. Like all the time you you're just getting hit with this and if you guys have ever like taken a social media fast, like I did it not too long ago. And you just like, at first oh, it's hard. You're like, you're like kind of like just on edge. <laughs> and and then, but after a while you're like, wow, real life is so much better. Um, I think yeah. this is something I kind of want to bring up on that line is like Christianity is kind of trendy these days, you know? It's like you got the skinny jeans, you're the worship leader, you're starting your like your your Christian brand, and it's like, man, I just don't know if that's like Christianity. Like I think, you know, to some like I'm not saying that if you make a Christian brand that's bad. Like I have a brand, you know, it's like, but I just it, it has a weird flavor to it where it's kind of lost its like, hey the gospel message like we like the day of the lord is coming like this is like a real thing and it's just kind of it's like oh well we're you know we're spiritual you know <laughs> we, we're singing we're making music i don't know it's just i, I don't know what i think of think of it entirely but it yeah. for the most part it's like man is this is this what the you know apostles and acts had in mind you know, is this well, we, what the first century church had in mind? Yeah, it's, it's the religion around Christianity. When someone when someone asks if you're religious, it's like, okay, we, yeah, but it, to me, when someone asks, if, are you religious? It's kind of like asking a pro baseball player, are you on TV? And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's kind of not really what it's about. I could be right. like, do I know how to play baseball? How do I, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to be on TV, but that's not that comes with the territory but that's not what being a professional baseball player is right mm -hmm. it's like yeah I'm, I'm religious and there is this kind of air about it but that's not what christianity is and that's not what the gospel is uh yeah and definitely and i think we're that's it what you're talking about is like the cultural christianity of today and it's just the uh christian in name only and it's what the religiosity of christianity looks like in 2021 you know that trendy brand kind of make music and it's the fluff around a true thing i don't think any of that necessarily is new to the social right. media era like the you know we talked about this in church right. and one of our friends uh, church wave vbs talks about it a lot which i think is really interesting how churches kind of adopted in the 80s and 90s the marketing practices of big business right 
Mm. So it really did your church as a brand. Like, what do you, what do you, what is your mission statement? What is your goal? What are your numbers? What's our program? What's our outreach? And what's this is just aesthetic? the next, what's your right? Color exactly. tones. And this is just the next step of that, where it's like, okay, what's branding look like now in 2021? Uh, social media influencers. Okay, so our church needs to look like social media influencers. We need to be putting out content where we're talking to the camera, telling them what we're going on, how we're doing life together. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. Are we making t-shirts? Do we have t-shirts to move? Let's get t-shirts out there. Do we have mugs? I need a tumbler. I need, you know, that kind of thing. That's not necessarily new to social media, but it's taking on that form in it. Cause that's how we do business now. Is that a good thing about social media? The mass media of it? Because I mean, I read, so I, I read Martin Luther's biography and my, one of the biggest questions I had was why did the reformation take off with Martin Luther? Why was it the 95 thesis? Why, why was that the, the, the diet of, why did it take off then? Because you had John Huss before him and Wycliffe before him. And it's like, they were saying the same kind of sovereign God, um, predest, you know, the elect grace alone, faith alone. They were saying the same things. Why didn't it take off with them? Was no one reading the Bible until Martin Luther? Like what was going on? That was a big question I had. And the, the, and the answer was the printing press. Right. Martin Luther yeah. came along. They were reading the Bible. There were these, these proto reformers and these like kind of seeds right. that were planted along for the reformation. But Martin Luther was born after the printing press was created. And so that was, that's what happened. He sent his 95 thesis to a friend to kind of like, Hey, what do you think about this? And his friend just published it and printed it and just mass produced it. And it basically went viral. And so that's why the reformation got out of the hands of uh, the Pope too fast. The, the, the horse was out of the barn and it would just spread like wildfire, but it was that mass communication that brought mass broadcast technology of the printing press that did it. That's why the reformation took off in uh 1500s because it's like that's okay that, that's good i mean that's a good technology that was created right. that you can just print these truths these biblical pr pr uh, truths and uh print bibles and print tracts and all these things that spread the true gospel like crazy and it went worldwide and went viral and went crazy so that's good i'm glad that we had the printing press i'm glad that technology existed right so like would paul be on twitter you know what i mean <laughs> would well, like, you know what I mean? He was in the city. He was arguing with the intellectuals of that time. He was there, you know, shaking it up right in the middle. He wasn't off in some rural village somewhere. I mean, he was there. Like, he was, wrote to the Church of Rome. I mean, he wrote, was, you know, he, he was he was in there. So I think he would have been on Twitter. I think he would have been using whatever technology he could to spread the gospel. But I think we get into a point where, and it's kind of like how churches take the tax exempt thing and seminaries take federal funds for Pell Grants and, and student aid and stuff, you, you start getting rely, reliant on these things, you're going to have to start doing what they do. So if you're on Twitter and your church is kind of like being sustained on social media for all of your communication, all of your programming, all of your stuff, and then Twitter makes a rule, okay, what is that going to do to your church? So it's a matter of are right. you becoming too reliant on these things, mm. you know? Yeah. And then if, hey, that could just change with De Jack Dorsey wakes up tomorrow, you know? I think a, a big thing is like the printing press didn't replace discipleship, you know? And right. I think we have to keep in mind that like <clears throat> there's a way God wanted to reach people and it was through people mm. and relationships, and when we get too far away from that, we get into dangerous territory because it doesn't become real, right? You're you're not right. actually you're not actually talking to each other. You're, you're given these, you know, like you said, that's not 
not community. And so if we have, if we have social media, this communication system layered on top of true Bible believing discipleship, eternally minded community, then it can work. But what I think we're seeing is like that become like the main thing. It's like, Oh, if we can just reach as many people through here, we can put out as many big messages. We're going to like, it's going to be really good. And I do think people get saved through the internet. I don't think people stay saved through the internet. Mm. I think they, they have to find community. They have to get alone with the word of God. And I I know for, for myself that like, you know, I, I think you can do this thing alone. You can, you know, be locked up in a prison and get alone with God and like, you know, have this relationship. But but it wasn't made like God didn't mean it for it to be that way. Like right. he meant us to be together and, and in person, like, <laughs> like this, what we're doing right here is great. And I think it's a step further than just a Facebook message, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really right. awesome that we can do this being all in different locations. Um, but, but I, 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 we just couldn't, we could, we really couldn't break past a certain barrier, even on this. You right. Know? And so it's never been about like, like, yeah, maybe you can uh, preach the gospel online and that's going to affect people. And that, you know, that's what I do with my, my podcast, Um, have these conversations that I I hope affect people positively, but my podcast really is more centered on the Christian. I want to build up the church. I want to give people resources so they like can start talking about these ideas, uh, develop a, a sense of how they you know, always be able to give a defense for the hope that's within, you know, that, right. that call that Paul the Apostle had. Like, this is what I'm really trying to do. I, and if someone stumbles upon it and they, and they hear the gospel message and then they find a community after that, that's great. But my main thing is to equip Christians so they can go find those people, mm. talk to them, develop a relationship, and, and, you know, ultimately bring them to know the Lord. Um, not for the sake right. of them knowing the Lord because they deserve it, but because the Lord deserves for them to be in community with him. And so yeah, I another, to have them back. another piece of that too, is kind of the instant gratification of social media. Like <clears throat> when you talk about Luther had his, his thesis printed and sent out, like the people who read it didn't get through like the fifth one and then start commenting to Luther. Like, hey, I actually think, you know, you had to actually read it and sit with it and like mull over it and, and right. meditate what he was saying. It wasn't, I heard this five second clip. So now I know everything about you and what you believe and how I feel about it. There was still that level of like, well, let's, and even, you know, Luther debated, like that was still a thing. We still right. had face to face. Let's bring our arguments to the table and hash it out in conversation and actually have thoughtful discourse, not instant, like hot take reactions to hot what's going take. on. Yeah, it is that hot take that that the hot takes are really bad. Like that's that it's when I was on Twitter, I haven't been on social media since July. Uh, my accounts are still active, but I, I deleted the uh, apps from my phone. And so I just have, I haven't been on until, unless we do this and, and I share it through, through just for the for our Facebook page. Wow. But um, yeah, and, and what you're talking about, that is that, that kind of jonesing because I was I was on social media. I was on Facebook before it started when it was just a college thing. Cause I started when I was in college and yeah, it was like, you had to have a school email to get on Facebook. And so like, I, that's when I started Facebook because I never, I never liked, there was MySpace before and I never had a MySpace because I thought 
it just looked so stupid. I couldn't even read it. It was like text <laughs> in front of the images and stuff. I was like, it's just chaos. <laughs> the song starts when you get on. I was like, this is oh, insane. That was great. I loved it. Oh, it's terrible. So I was like, I never had it. I never wanted anything, you know, and I'm just not the biggest techie guy anyway. So I was like, whatever. And then, so I got to college though. And it, Facebook was a college thing. You shared notes. There was no chat. It was just like a lot. It was bare bones. It was just basic. I was like, okay, this is like a college thing. This is cool. I'll get on this. And so I did. And so I've seen Facebook transform into Facebook, like from, right, from yeah. the beginning of it. I remember when I had my AOL instant messenger, and had all my friends had all my friends on there, and then they all my friends were on Facebook chat when chat started, and I, I remember canceling my AIM my AOL because everyone was on Facebook. It was so weird. It's like going from VHS to DVD or like Blu-ray. It's like, do I do I throw away my VHSs? What? Like this is crazy, you know. It's like, but everything's on DVD, so I think I can, you know. It's like everybody's on Facebook chat, so I'm gonna delete my AOL Instant Messenger. Like, oh, it's so weird. I'm deleting it. And then it was like, okay, well, we're on Facebook chat, you know, and then uh, Twitter. I didn't get on Twitter till a lot later, but um, yeah. And then Instagram, like, so, but I was like addicted to this social media, just vegging out, scrolling, just looking at friends doing, you know, just cool places I wanted to go, books I wanted to read, sneakers. Like it, it was just like a time waster for me. And so, yeah, in, in this election cycle was just insane. It got so nuts by July. I canceled, oh, I just, I deleted all the apps off my phone and I subscribed to the Wall Street Journal and <laughs> physical print newspaper thinking I want to keep up with what's going on, but I want some people at least take a day to write about this and not five seconds, you know, to read an article about it, whatever. So I subscribed yeah. to the Wall Street Journal and until the election was <laughs> over that I canceled. But yeah, and it is that like, that constant like at work, like a page starts to load and I'm like, Oh, there's nothing on here. But it is that like it's the cigarette, the the hand, you yep. know, like you get that muscle memory, and it's like, oh, I can't, you know, gotta shake it, you know. And uh, it's been great, like you said, the world, the whole world is like, wow. I've subscribed to more magazines, and I've stopped watching as much television, and so I'm reading a lot more mm -hmm. books, and it's just well, getting that slow information yeah. instead of the hot take, you know. Well, and let's be honest, you can't go on Instagram or I don't even have TikTok, but you can't go on Instagram or definitely TikTok without seeing boobs. Mm. Yeah, follow because you know, I, like, I, I run. It's always like follow running page. It's like, oh wow, nobody runs with clothes on. Okay, I guess that's a thing. So I follow cycling page. I had to unfollow all the cycling pages for that reason. It was the same thing. But, I mean, that's, but that's that's using the algorithm, right, to work for you. It's like, oh, this is what people like. So if I post this, I'll get a lot of likes. So like the algorithm again, it wasn't designed to be a, a, a soft core porn feeder, but that's what it turns into. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, man, it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've done the thing too, where I'll close Instagram and then without thinking, open it again and then be looking yeah. at it like, I just closed this. What am I doing? Like, it's just automatic. Like, Oh, I got to see what's going on. Taking it off the uh, phones was a big deal for me because that was the instant access thing. I don't get on my computer a lot. Like my work computer is all restricted and stuff. So it's like, and I'm my get on my laptop for this basically, right. you know, so I'm not getting on Twitter on my laptop. Like it's just, I don't do it. So, <laughs> That's what makes me really weary about it. Is like you automatically kind of do okay. it. It's and designed it's like, to be addictive. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh -huh. like does that does that play into like being sober minded? Like mm. if you just automatically do something without thinking, is that being sober minded? Or you're a slave to it. I mean, you're 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 a slave to this thing. You know, whether it's cigarettes or alcohol or or any of those kind of substance. I mean, it is right. a, that dopamine drip of like, okay, I'm a, I'm a slave to this. And so, yeah, I can't get to my day. It calms me down or it, right. 
gets me mad or whatever, <laughs> you know, that was the thing too. I'm not going to comment on anything. And then I was like, I'm not going to click on anything. I'm not going to comment on anything. I'm just going to scroll. And that way it won't find out what I'm clicking on and get the algorithms <laughs> on me. But then I would just see all this stuff and I can't comment. And it's just pissing me off. And it's like, <laughs> I was like, well, forget it. I can't respond. Well, this is what we have to ask ourselves. Like th- this is the biggest, this is what 2021 is all about. It's getting real. We got to get real. If we're if we if we're followers of Jesus, we got to get real with ourselves and we got to be honest. Are are we using Instagram more than we're using the Bible? Mm. Do we care? Like, are do we have more screen time on Instagram or the Bible app, or or like, are we are we in this more right. than we're on Instagram? Because whatever we're in the most, that's shaping our worldview. That's shaping mm. our our self esteem. Where where we derive like are who we are and where we get our worth. And, you know, this thing tells me that I get my worth in a divine way that I'm created right. for this utopian society that will be, you know, established on earth when the, when the Lord returns. And, and, but the, the Instagram, it, it tells me that I'm, I, I have to keep, you know, upgrading. It tells me I have to, you know, work out and get the six, pack abs and everybody else is getting married around me and like you know that's what it tells me this thing tells me something way different and mm-hmm. and we have to really get raw and real with ourselves and say man maybe i'm maybe i don't love god the, as much as i think you know <laughs> and it's like oh no. that's tough yeah. well i mean how easy is it too to keep up the facade of of being like the uber Christian on social media, right? Like mm. if you can post the Bible study pictures in the morning with your coffee and your Bible open and your pens, then everybody thinks like, Oh, he's got it together. He's doing it right. Or if you can, you know, share the scripture quote from a page you follow, then you're, you're Christian, you're doing the things. Uh, so at church this week, we were talking about, we've been in James and we got to the section where he talks about the tongue and how, you know, it's powered by the fires of hell and no one can control it. And if they could, and I'm, I was thinking about like, can you imagine James seeing, uh, Facebook or, or Twitter, like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You can't control your tongue and you're giving access to millions of people in an yeah. instant. Like what, what is, what has happened? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, it's, just, it's, it's, crazy. it's gnarly. To think about that. Well, I posted a quote from uh, Zuckerberg this weekend where he was saying that, you know, he developed Facebook when he was 19 and he didn't really know anything about business. He didn't really know what it was going to be. And I, when I was looking at that, I was like, man, I was like 17 when I signed up for Facebook. Like, I didn't know what it was going to be either. Uh, but I remember like a time before social media. Uh, Bailey, what was your first like experience with social media? How old were you when you were like cognizant of it? And how did it like influence you in any way? Yeah, so I, I was a MySpace kid. Uh, I was like one of the last MySpace kids, for sure. <laughs> um, and then... I got on, and that wasn't really a social media to me. That was just, I mean, it was, but it was, I remember it was like sixth grade and uh, you had like your, your fave five or or whatever, your top friends. And that was a big deal because like that, you know, everybody could see that. And like that, that was the biggest thing about it. Like who was your top, you know, who was your featured friend? Right. And, uh, and so I remember that kind of playing in the social, you know, cues and stuff. But uh, if you want to consider texting a social media, mm-hmm. um, texting played played a big part of my uh, my middle school. 
uh, experience. Mm. I remember like you would get little girlfriends and then you would text right. and it would like, you, you would never be bold enough to say the things in person <laughs> that you'd say over text. And so yeah. you always ask them to be your girlfriend over text or something like that. <laughs> and, Brody. Uh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I remember talking to a teacher at the time and, and she, and we were telling her, I was like, yeah, you know, text makes it easier to say stuff. And she was like, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and what we like our little, you know, undeveloped brains are like, Oh, why, why wouldn't it be? This is awesome. I get to have a girlfriend, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, um, it's, but, it's not real yeah. communication. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember Facebook when we got on Facebook, I think it was like, seventh grade is when everybody really started getting on it and uh and the cool thing about it was it was just your friends right right it was just your friends and people could see what each other posted but you didn't see anything outside of your little squad so that i would love for that to come back if that kind of it'll never happen but but if, (laughs) if someone could make something like that that everybody wants to get on because I think we're addicted to the virality of it. We're addicted to what it gives us. We're, we don't really care about each other on there. We just want to be the best on there. We just want to like get the more followers. It's just, it's weird. This kind of hypnosis it puts us in. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, social media was, was big. Twitter was big in high school. I remember um, and Twitter was similar it did have that retweet thing. This was before Facebook. You could repost still like in high school. I I remember you you still really, nobody really used Facebook when I was in high school. It's because when all the parents got on, everybody left, (laughs) everybody left them with Twitter. You're like, Oh, they're not on Twitter. And, um, and that was still the time where you, you knew you got to make sure you don't put something bad on here. Like everybody was like, you got to make sure because someone in your job is going to look that up one day, you know, Mm. and uh, and and, but I remember there was this like this debacle that that occurred and um, and and I wasn't living for the Lord in high school and someone put something on Twitter about me and lied about something I did and a bunch of my friends turned against me. Like, and it was like a serious thing. Like, this is something like, like if I actually had done this thing, like it, you know, that's bad. It's, it's bad. It, and, uh, and I hadn't at all. And so it was like that first, and when the, that first experience of, oh my gosh, this is like detrimental, you know, to, to someone's life. So yeah, it definitely played a role in my development, but I'm like, you know, I was born in 97, so I kind of have still, I'm still like a 90s baby. So mm. we had all this like really solid developmental period where we're still building tree houses, going outside, riding our bikes, adventuring in the woods. And that like, that was what we would want to do. And now I see my little brother nowadays and man, it's just so weird. They, they just don't do the same things we used to do. Mm. Yeah, I remember dial-up internet. I remember seeing high-speed <laughs> broadband internet for the first time. Uh, it was at a friend's house, and he he got online, and it was like MSN or something. He like clicked, and he was on, and he, and he like started Google search. And I was like, "Where was it already up?" And he's like, "No." And I was like, 
it, it doesn't take you like five minutes to get on the internet. And he was like, no, oh, no, it's really cool, man. It's just like, boom, right on. I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is it's the best thing else. What else do you need? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, Julie and I, get, I think, saw a little bit more like just that, like, we knew the world without phones, right? Without internet, right? I remember the iPhone came out and it was like a big deal. And somebody had one of our friends had one. It was like, oh my God, like, you're rich. Yeah, dude, I stood in line iPhone. for the first iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh like a 12 year old. No, no, I still had a, uh, it might have been a Sony or a Samsung at the time, but I had an iPod Touch. So that was like the closest I could mm -hmm. get to the iPhone. But it was like the same thing without being a phone. So it was on the same functionality. Dude, yeah. I remember the case that came out, like, because I had the iPod Touch and I was like, man. I, I was always the kid that would like I I created like the Call of Duty challenge lobbies where everybody gets unlocks. Like I hacked the PlayStation and all that stuff. Like I was that kid. So I was like, I found this case that had like a little. It, you could it it give you a free hotspot with the case for like three months. And I was like, dang, if I got that case, then I would have an iPhone because I have the iPod Touch. <laughs> I got. I was I was 18 when I got my first cell phone, and it was the old flip phone, you know, like mm -hmm. old Verizon flip phone. When I was 18, and then I didn't get an iPhone until 2010. I was like 20, like that. Yeah. What did that, was, what did that like, comment add? Uh, the comment was actually was no. talking about how you said a. Uh, uh, a squad setup. So she was talking about uh, group chats. That's your that's your your squad. Oh, so yeah, yeah. When you were talking about texting, I, I had never thought of that before, and I'm having a flashback. Uh, you know, one of the things that's that's tricky about social media is the anonymity and also like the mm -hmm. secretiveness. Like you know, the DMs, like getting in somebody's DMs. I remember texting somebody in my car when I was like 16, 17, and it kept buzzing. They're like going off, right? It had the tone and it kept going off. And my parents were like, who are you talking to? And then I remember going into my settings and turning off the sound. And then I was mm -hmm. like, there, I can talk to whoever I want and they won't hear anything going off. So they don't know what I'm doing. And now looking back at that, like, wow, that's really dangerous and sinister to give to like a kid. Like here, do anything you want and nobody will know. And how much is like, like the social media functionality, like Snapchat, like, oh, it disappears. No right. one will ever know because it's gone after they open it. Well, like, I mean, on the internet, nothing disappears. Well, yeah. <laughs> Snapchat is a perfect example of a piece of software that was not designed to preach the gospel <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> that did freak me out the first time I saw like teenagers on Snapchat. I was like, whoa, they let you do that? Like they let you guys get on Snapchat? That's really sketchy. Yeah. yeah. The origin of Snapchat is really bad. Right. But I mean, what's what's not on social media now right like what the, the idea like snapchat the college things share notes and talk about well, class i mean and that's I, I i think that's why you know uh the end times is becoming such a more it's always been popular topic but mm -hmm. such a more kind of more talked about topic because i mean you're seeing culture conform to this sexualized immoral ideal I, ideals you know and we're losing track of what really matters and we're becoming numb to everything mm. and what's crazy and like is is what happens is 
when you become when things like this become normalized, people have to go to a new extreme. Right. I right. mean, you see, like, well, let's just talk about it. You you see this with gay marriage. Gay marriage become legal, and right. then like three years later, everybody's cutting their wings off. You know, like, just I, I don't <laughs> want to say that. Like, it's weird. It really is. It's weird. It's creepy. It's demonic. Yeah. And, uh, but it's true. It's a straight line. Like, you're not wrong. One doesn't come without the other. Well, I've never heard a, a rational argument against the slippery slope idea of like, okay, well, we have to draw the line somewhere, don't we? And it's like, okay, if we say two men can marry, who would say a man can't marry two men? What would say can't marry three? Or how, it's like, and, and the only, uh, literally the only response ever is, oh, come on. Well, I'm sorry, but right. oh, come right. on is not an argument. Like, that's not a rational thought. You're, you, yeah. what what is to say? And that's the whole thing with like evolution. Like if, if you're a materialist, Darwinist evolutionist, you have no argument against racism. You have no argument against superior, more evolved, less evolved. That j comes with the territory of that worldview. So, right. and again, it's like, well, we shouldn't. Well, why not? I read Guns, Germs, and Steel, and he was talking about how civilizations rise and fall. And he was talking about, well, these people over here advanced this way, invented boats and weapons, and these people on this island didn't. And so they conquered these people. And that was like, okay, you're talking about survival of the fittest. Right. How is that amongst people and civilizations? How is that not right? He basically gave a whole racist argument of how some civilizations evolved further and faster than others, but not racist. But they're all completely equal. And it's like, okay, from your worldview, it doesn't sound like they are. I believe yeah. we're all created in the image of God. So I understand that, that we all come from two parents, Adam and Eve. So you don't. You believe we're evolved societies of bacteria at different stages so mm. in some stages have to be above and faster and more evolved than others so yeah. what are you talking about and it's a, it's a reality battle it's a reality battle because right. really what's going on here is it's just it's it's really this uncoherent mm. like worldview that, right. that takes place they you know my friend michael put it in a great way and whenever he was talking to this um, atheist uh, from the University of Texas down mm -hmm. here, um, he, he was visiting A&M and, uh, and uh, Michael's a full time um, college missionary at, uh, with Chi Alpha Ministries here. And he was like, you know, people love to, to say they're evolutionists, but they don't actually believe it. Right. Because when it comes down to it, it's about survival of the fittest. And it means that we should be killing all of the people who aren't as good as a, this person. You know, it we you should not like if it if we truly were evolutionists, what we should care about most is the advancement of the human race, the brain, all of these things. Right. And if that was the case, we would not be helping old ladies. We would right. not be helping the needy. We would not be helping you know, uh, mentally handicapped people. Uh, and, and so you yeah. say that the, one cor thing the coronavirus is a Darwinist dream. Yeah. <laughs> like morality is subjective, you know? but nobody should be mad at someone for, or like no one should hate someone for their race. Like right. These are, these yeah. are both belief systems that a lot of people hold together that actually don't make sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's everyone knows that there is a God and they're suppressing that truth into their own righteousness and that, you know, like, like oh, we're all ma matter in motion. It's all meaningless. Well, I'm really glad you don't live that way. 
I, I, mm. You're saying that thing, but you don't actually believe that because you know that there is a God. Everyone knows that there is a God. And we suppress that truth and that knowledge in our unrighteousness and exchange the truth of God for a lie and exchange worship and glory of the creator for the created thing. Usually ourselves these days. It used to be right. elemental gods, the sun and, and stars and things, but now it's ourselves. Like, But still the created thing that we're mm. worshiping and bringing glory to. So, and But everyone knows it is. That the deception God. is so is so tricky, right? Because it's you, you say that to people and they're like, no. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> it's because like I mean, have I know like I, I don't know for a fact, but like have you guys ever been deceived in y'all's lives? Have sure, you know yeah, you, you believe sure. you believe that you're seeing correct, you know, you believe right. that you're in the right, you really do. And it's it, you know, one thing I was I was actually talking to this um he, he believes in a God, but he doesn't believe that Jesus is God. And I met him today on campus and I was talking to him about, um, man, I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about to perception him. Is like- oh yeah. Yeah. I was talking to him about second Corinthians four. And, um, and so essentially the gospel unveils the need for the gospel so it's Mm. a weird paradox because before you're born again before you see reality for what it is and the truth of the scriptural text and the truth of the good news right that jesus is coming to raise us from the dead he died and all this stuff is true until you receive that in a divine way you don't know that you need it and you'll never will know that you need it and it's this weird thing because i wish it was the other way around i wish you knew you needed it and so you accepted it but you really don't know the need until you get encountered by it um right lots of reasons to think we're dead in our sins and trespasses right and what can dead things do nothing until we're regenerated by god and and then we can respond to the gospel but that's only by the sovereign grace of god and and bringing us that regenerating our, our dead spirit and then our spirit is alive and can respond like it we're we're by nature children of wrath right ephesians 2 so like we always equate it to like a vulture and you talk about the free choice of the gospel and stuff i was equated to a vulture is in a room with a bowl of carrots or a dead bunny and he's there there's no fence or guard around either thing but which is he going to freely choose the dead bunny because it is his nature to do so right and so he's not able to go for the carrots and the lettuce whatever because that's not his nature so our nature must be changed then we can respond rightly to life instead of death Mm -hmm. and so that's that's our nature before god changes it then we can respond to the gospel like you're saying Mm -hmm. yeah so i want to tag on this point you made earlier that a kind of a reluctance but an admittance that christians need to be involved in media like there's no way around it because otherwise there is no truth in media um, what is, what does that look like in a, in a faithful way? Like what is, what is, cause we, obviously we all grew up with Christian media, you know, in the background and be it Salty, the singing song book or Bible man or DC talk or whatever it may have been. Veggie tales. Uh, Veggie tales, yeah. right. Like there was, there's always been Christian media, but it always, I don't know. It, it's never stuck, right. It's never been the thing that, that does shape culture. What does shape culture is other things, other media that's maybe better or whatever. So what's your approach? What's your, what is your vision of like Christian media look like, especially in 2021 where YouTube is media now and, and Instagram is media? Yeah, I, 
for one, I, I think, you know, I, I do, I do think we need to be here. Um, like, like you were talking about it earlier, Solomon is like, Paul was like in the middle of the, in the middle of the, the towns and the cities, you know, preaching the gospel. And like he, I think there's, I forget exactly where it is, but some scriptures I'm talking about, like, uh, Paul was like, I will be like them. And it's not talking about, I'm going to go like, right. sin like them, but it's like, I will go to the places that they're at. I will do these things for the sake of the gospel, all things to all people. So that by <clears throat> all means you might save some. Yes. And <clears throat> To answer your question, I think first off, we have to really check our motive, right? Um, and we, we have to be honest with ourselves and say, okay, what is our motive? I'll just give a personal account. I started podcasting um, not for God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my first podcast was called Mindless Millennials. Mm-hmm. And I would interview big time entrepreneurs. I had a lot of success in it. Um, but there was a certain point where I just started to hate it mm-hmm. and because I, I was getting encountered by the Lord. And like I literally whenever I like really surrender to God is 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 like in the middle of me doing this podcast and I kept asking my guests that were like millionaires, like these people who were very successful in the eyes of the world. Uh, I'm like, but what, but why, what is the purpose? What is your purpose? And they did not have answers. Like none of them had like answers that I was like blown away by. And in the midst of like, I'd go to worship and I would have these spiritual conversations about the truth of the Bible. I'm like, Oh my God. Like the, like, these conversations don't even matter. I know it's, they're cool. And like, this is what like is popular in podcasting. Um, but then I eventually started creating curious. And even in the midst of that, I'm like, okay, this is about God. I, I care about God. I want to talk about um, these spiritual truths and these divine uh, realities. And, uh, but then I, I watched this, this sermon or listen to this sermon called two shackles in a shirt. I would recommend everybody listen to it. Uh, one of my pastors recommended it and it was talking about how he went to Africa to save souls. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he went there because he didn't want anybody to burn in hell. And so when he gets there, uh, and this is an old timey pastor when he gets and this is when it was hard to go to africa like now we can it's it's fairly easy just to go um but like back then like man that you your your family thought you were dead or something you know like like you weren't coming back there was like half a chance you weren't coming back and he, he gets there and he realizes or he starts talking to people and he realizes they already know who jesus is and they don't want anything to do with him and he gets really mad at god in the midst of like his anger to God and in prayer, it just clicks. He's like, and God speaks to him. Uh, you weren't here for them. You're here for me. And, and then I, I, as I'm listening to that, I'm like, wow. Okay. We really have to figure out why we're doing things. Like the, the purpose we're not, we're not called to preach the gospel because people need to be saved. That That is a fact, but that's not why we're called to do it. 
we're called to do it because God deserves to have these these people back. Like he loves them a lot. And it breaks God's heart to see his people lost. And 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 that's why we do it, because we love God so much that we don't want to seem heartbroken. And that's why we 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 share this message. And out of that motivation, that that motivation sustains. And then I started looking at my podcast. I'm like, man, I know I'm preaching good things, but I'm still just trying to build a podcast. Like right. that's what I'm trying to do. And I changed the motive. Like I, I sat down with my producer, Caleb, and I was like, hey, bro, we got to change this. And And I said – we have to do it for the glory of God every episode. And what was so cool is when I changed the motive away from building something for myself to doing it for the glory of God, it just started growing just all of a sudden. And I didn't start sharing it more. I didn't start changing anything else. It started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's not like huge, but the amount has grown in the small, you know, last you know, few months, I think like four months compared to what it grew the previous four months is, is crazy. And it's not, it, it's not the algorithms. It's not anything. It's literally just the grace of God came upon it in that time. Like we started gaining one subscriber every single day. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, and what's cool about it is I wasn't anxious about doing it anymore. I, I, I didn't have to hit a certain goal because Every time we got on the podcast, we were achieving the goal, which is to glorify God. It wasn't like if I if I don't hit a thousand subscribers, then you know I failed. It's like if I hit a thousand subscribers, that's that's literally just a bonus, you know. But every single time we hop on the mics, the purpose is being fulfilled. I'm filled with peace, and so like if we're going to be Christians and we're gonna step into these dangerous territory, it's just like going to the bar, right? It's just like doing street evangelism. Uh, we have to, we have to get a hold of God. We we have to really know God. We have to get alone with the Word in the morning, it, throughout the day, be praying. But but we we really have to be led by the Holy Spirit and. Mm-hmm and be constantly seeking the Lord. Like, Hey, is my motivation right? Constantly checking ourselves, being full of conviction. Mm. Uh, because if not, it's, it's going to be about us mm. and, uh, it's going to be about glorifying ourselves. And and that's very easy to happen. Um, but I do think there's a place for, uh, for, uh, genuine believers to, to be on the platforms. Mm. Right. So, you know, it's interesting cause that's not, it's a new media, but that's not like a new approach, right? Like in the eighties, you had televangelists who had that. It was like, Oh, it's about me and my platform and my money and my this. And before that it was the same kind of thing. You always had somebody who the gospel was a springboard to something else, to some kind of fame or some kind of notoriety. So it's interesting that even though the methods and the, the setup has changed the, the idea of like, Hey, before you go do this, be rooted in the word and the spirit that never changes. Yeah, I think I think social media is a good tool to use as proclamation, but as long as we don't see it as any sort of legitimate form of communication, because it is the worst form to communicate back and forth. If we just want to post an announcement and like something's happening, here we go, then yeah. But and I think we should use social media as as long as it lets us. You know what I mean? Like and not compromise anything. Right? We're gonna preach Christ and Him crucified. 
That's it. We're going to share the gospel. We're going to share scripture for the truth, the ultimate truth, the only truth that exists. If social media will allow that to be proclaimed, sure. But if it's not, okay. Like, we're not going to rely on this and, and change anything to fit right. the terms and conditions of our social mm -hmm. media accounts or whatever. So we'll say it. But and, and when I'm not going to go back and forth with anybody on it, it's like, hey, let's have a phone call. Let's meet in person. Let's get some mm -hmm. real form of communication. That's the right. problem is people think social media is communicating and it's not. It's the worst form of communication. And it's the main way we're all communicating. Like you said, you'd rather <laughs> do text than a phone call or in person. And it's like, well, of course you would. You can hide behind that keyboard. You can hide mm -hmm. behind these things. And I remember we were talking to somebody getting in some social media comment threads and stuff. And this guy was saying a lot of cool stuff. And he said he had a debate. He said, yeah, I brought this up into my debate with whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. We had a debate with somebody? That's neat. Like, do you have a link to that or something? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he sent me a link to his debate with this atheist person. And it was, it was a comment thread uh, that from a few days ago. And I was like, this is not a debate. Like, you're, you have like 10 people talking on here. And you're... Like he thought this is a debate. This is we're going back and forth and having a legit conversation. Like this is a deep 20, 30 comment deep thread on Facebook. Like this is not a debate. This is not a formal, I understand you. You understand right. me. We're reaching each other. We're hearing each other. We're communicating clearly. No, this is a Facebook comment, Facebook fight. And but But we think it's actual conversations. We think it's actual communication, but it's not. And so we have to not use it that way, not see it as any sort of like we're having a real conversation here i'm going to proclaim this is happening listen to the podcast get in touch with us we can have a real conversation and right. we can talk for real but it's like a large net that i'm going to pull people in with but i'm going to lay them out on the table and actually dissect it and actually get into it we're not going to like have this back and forth or whatever like this is a announcement tool a proclamation tool a here's the gospel tool and then actual response to it right you know so i think if we use it that way and we're not, and if they shut us down cool we didn't rely on it we're not going to build our whole uh platform depends on our social media accounts and that's like a lot of seminaries depend on government funding for right. students and stuff and it's like okay guess what happens when they get mad that you don't do gay weddings you get that funding and your school goes under it's right. because you put too much reliance on this thing that isn't based on any sort of truth so yeah when the winds shift and you don't shift with it and your school collapses or your church goes under or whatever, because you were too reliant on these insane worldly, you know, baseless quicksand things. Yeah. Don't be surprised when that happens. So let's not build too much of a tower on this quicksand of social media, internet stuff, mm. but we can use it, but not rely on it, I guess. Yeah. Right. And it's really, you know, it's interesting too, because again, we were in James this week, which it's, funny how it's right to it but you know in james it talks about how our desires drive us to do things that we shouldn't do and that don't we understand the friendship with the world is enmity between god no. so it, it's it's going to be that there's going to be that pull to be like okay you can have your platform you can have your followers you can have your likes but you got to be able to give a little coin to caesar so mm. if you're going to do that right. you can keep you're, whatever you're, you're of incense right, right. all it takes right. is just a little bit, just, just, just let up on the trans thing and you can have whatever you want. There's no, and that, that was the, that was the, the, the difficulty with the first Christians of the first century in Rome. They didn't care if you worship Yahweh right. and God, they didn't care. Jesus. Sure. Add him to the pantheon of gods, whatever, but mm -hmm. you have to honor Caesar as Lord. 
It's right. like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. There was new gods coming up all the time, but but all, every every uh, group that followed this new cult, this new god or new whatever, also gave a pinch of incense to Caesar. And it's like, mm-hmm. just give your fealty to Caesar, and, and that's you know that you right. can do whatever you want. We don't care what new god you have, just as long as you fall in line with the state religion and and, and worldview, whatever. And it's and it's when Christians said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going not. We're going to serve the one true God, and they're actually called atheists because they didn't believe in any of the other gods. Right. They, yeah. were, they were so limited <laughs> to one funny. God. They called them atheists, <laughs> the first century Christians. And uh, but yeah, that was this radical new weird thing. It's like wait a second, you can, you're going to have a God, but you're not going to worship Caesar as God as, as a deity as well. It's like no, we're not. We can't do that. That's when the guns come out. That's when the lions are, you know, thrown to the lions and stuff. So, yeah, I had a podcast yesterday uh, with my pastor, one of my pastors, Jonathan, and he was like, you know, who else had to pay a little bit more taxes? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus wasn't tax exempt. Right. And that's, you know? that's the thing. We've gotten so comfortable in like the Western setup that we've had where it's like, oh, we're a church. We don't pay taxes or, oh, you know, we're allowed to have whatever we want or say whatever we want. Like, well, maybe that's not always going to be the case. And are you willing to still believe and proclaim this when that's not the case? Right. And a lot of people have never thought about that before. Like they've just never thought that, well, maybe it won't be so easy. And now it's kind of like you see the panic. Well, you do see these kind of it is that kind of it's a convenience thing, right? Even with like government funding of schools, it's like, well, yeah, I'll take a grant or I'll take a, you know, FAFSA, you know, student aid. Like, oh, sure. But it's like, well, you know, that ties you to that. And you now you when daddy's paying the bills, you kind of got to do what he says. Right. Right. Or he's going to cut you off. And so we we see a certain GPA. You got it or something. Or affirm certain worldviews, or not speak out against certain things, or whatever. Right. Or you're going to lose your funding, or you're going to lose whatever. And so it has become this like reliance thing that that we just we, we shouldn't get into. It shouldn't even come to that where we're we're, uh, we're in danger unless we fall in line ideologically and world on a worldview way, mm. right? That's, but part that's, of that, I mean, part of that too goes back to what Bailey, what you kind of brought up is that you know real life now is social media and we're not grounded in like a community of people. Right. So right. How many of us are like, Oh, well I need this from the government. Well, why aren't you getting it from your church? Right. Like if I lose my job, I don't have a safety net. Well, why don't you, aren't you part of a church? Don't you have brothers that you can turn to? Isn't there mm-hmm. something that you can go to? Well, like, no, there's not because I'm not plugged in. I'm here. This is what I do. Well, especially with something like social media, these things are only as powerful as we make them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like your data is worth something because that, eyeballs on facebook like that's why it's so so valuable because there's a million eyeballs okay well what if there wasn't okay then it wouldn't be valuable anymore it wouldn't be this powerful thing and so now we're trying to like well we have to be able to speak our mind on social media it's like well why why we we, social media is, is only as powerful as you make it if you're not on it then that takes away their power we're giving them all this power and then hoping that they treat us right it's mm-hmm. like, why did you give them all this power in the first place? And yeah. so, like, what what is the alternative to it? You know, you had parlor. It's like, I don't think the, so- the alternative to social media is more social media. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like, what, you know, what what is the alternative? It's like, can you be a writer? Because yeah, I've looked into writing and publishing books and stuff. And it's like, you have to have an online blog following to be marketable as a writer. Because then it's like, who's going to buy your book? Oh, you have... 10,000 followers. Okay. Well, at least we know they'll probably buy your book. You know, if they're reading your blog, it's like, you don't have any of that. A publisher's not going to look at you because it's like, we're going to waste our money on some unknown 
writer who's not on social media, not on Facebook, not in the you know community right. online and stuff. No one knows who you are. No one's going to read your book. And right. so it's like, man, can I be a writer and have no social media footprint? Yeah. I, I mean, could I? Like, that's weird. <laughs> I know the solution to what you're saying. What? First century discipleship. It always <laughs> has been. Like, yeah. like you, we... God is not afraid of censorship. Mm. Yeah. He's not scared that the gospel won't be proclaimed. Mm. Right. 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 It will and always has. And actually, you know, it could spread more during persecution. Right. Every time. It's the only belief system, the only religion, the only thing that that happens with. Mm. Right. <laughs> when you Tertullian kill us, said, it spreads. <laughs> yeah, Tertullian said the blood of martyrs is seed of the church. You know, I mean, that was first century Christian right there. So it's like, yeah, that's you know, that's true. It's a, it, when we're oppressed, we grow, and it and it does weed out some of the fakers. Maybe we'll lose some of the superficial cultural Christianity when we do start getting put in jail or persecution comes. Right. And sometimes it's needed to so true faith can grow you know we will I mean, can end tomorrow and it wouldn't do anything to the to the kingdom of god and the spread of the gospel it's been prophesied about like we have prophecy do we believe the scripture if we do then we know it's coming part yeah. of it too is that i think we ha- we don't have a like we don't have a, a, an idea of what a uh what a prophet was or what an apostle was in the sense of like what, what they were to the society, right? Like John the Baptist wasn't like highly esteemed, right? He was like, Oh, is that weird guy that lives out in the desert and eats bugs. And he got, he got killed for talking about marriage. Like he got involved in a marriage controversy and they got him killed. Like we're not prepared to do that. We want to be the pastor in suits on stages talking, you know, rubbing elbows with Oprah and hanging out with Bieber. That's who we want to be. That's what a pastor looks like in 2021. Like, no, that's no. never been what a, what a proclaimer of the word looks like. He's gotten enough hate already. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know why he's gotten so much hate? Because he put himself out in front of everybody as the, you know, he was the celebrity pastor that was his thing yeah i I was actually reading the scripture (laughs) it's crazy it says it's a proverbs 3 7 see were were you impressed at how fast i flipped to that (laughs) (laughs) it says it says don't be impressed with your own wisdom instead fear the lord and turn away from evil it's like right right i'm I'm really spiritual aren't i (laughs) Uh, I'm on Breakfast Club, you know. Oh man, I just like, you know, I love everybody. You know, this is just how it goes. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, we gotta be careful. Like, it's uh, yeah. we. There's a way that seems right to a man that leads to destruction. Right. Mm. That's good. I think that's a good place to stop it on. We're hitting about to be eleven o'clock. Um, man, this is really good. We hit a lot of good points. I think uh, it's it's so tricky with social media because, like we said, like. You know, whether or not we like it, this is kind of the public sphere. So, like, we have to be here for a reason, but we have to, like you said, be here for a reason. And what is that? Is it you or is it the gospel? What is your life about? What is your social media life about? And for the most part, like, let's be mindful about what the most effective tools are. I found way more fruit from podcasts than I have from Instagram. You know what I mean? And, like, 
like if people are going to the podcast to listen, they're going to be receptive. And it's like, right. I'm going to spend a lot more time focusing on that than I am like writing a clever Instagram post. Maybe that'll help, but it's, it's not going to be the same. And so let's just be wise, you know? Right. Cool. Well, baby, man, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. This is really cool to have you on. Uh, let everybody know where you're at on your social media right now and where they can find you on the podcast. Yeah, so uh, it's Created Curious with Bailey Mullins on YouTube um, and on all the podcasting platforms. But uh, if you want to see us first, we go live on YouTube. Um, and we got we got some new lighting. It's, 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 it's looking <laughs> fresh. It's feeling fresh. We're, we're ready. We got um, an episode coming this Thursday with my friend Andrew Thomas. Um, but we have guests every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, we're pretty much booked out for the next two months. Um, and we're really excited for this year. We think that, um, we're going to grow a lot. There's going to be a lot of fruit, um, from the podcast. Yeah. And so it's created curious with Bailey Mullins and you can look create up curious podcast. It'll pop up. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. So, um, uh, yeah, check us out. And, um, this podcast was awesome. This is way more natural than I thought it was going to be. So it it was fun. Just like jumping in with y'all and just kind of like okay i see how it's gonna be like just kind of i don't know y'all are cool dudes i, I want to get to know y'all more so well, we appreciate having you on man you know we we try to get people from all kinds of different walks of life maybe different places we're coming from you know with us it's an age gap but you know the, the united factor is always the gospel so it's like yeah. we can bring it back to that we can find that common ground and really tackle issues like that so we appreciate it cool uh everybody else you know we're on instagram time and place pod we're on twitter uh we're on what else are we on right now? I'm trying to get a SoundCloud set up just in case so we know what's going on with YouTube because I don't know what's going to be going on with that. But we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts uh, right here on Facebook. If you're watching on here, follow, like, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Uh, we're still working on the print format as far as how that's going to look. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes going forward. We've got some interesting guests lined up for the year coming up. Um, hopefully we'll announce that sooner. But. Until next time, uh, this is the time, this is the place. We'll see you guys next week.